This episode, I think I'll talk about Code 8, a small, a smaller science fiction movie, and then maybe say a little bit more about Star Wars, the, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Apparently, I still have thoughts about it. And maybe one more topic, but we'll see. So, um, yeah, that's the plan for now. Code 8 is a uh, movie set, I guess, in the present day or the near future where 4% of the population has superpowers. Why? How that happened? They don't really explain it, which I guess which is, I guess, okay because I'm not sure there could be an explanation that really is that satisfying, but yeah. So 4% of the population has superpowers. Robbie Emil is playing a guy, uh, playing a guy who's got, who's got electrical abilities. Stephen Emil, his cousin. This is a family affair, I guess, the movie. And uh, Stephen's playing a criminal who recruits Robbie's character. And uh, I liked it. You know, basically it's... It's, you know, it's basically a des- man by desperate circumstances tries to make a fast, tries, go, gets into criminal, gets into crime to make a fast buck. And those are always compelling. Some of the powers, uh, you know, th- some people have described it as a more down-to-earth X-Men or grittier X-Men. That seems fair. Uh, this apparently is based on this was there was a short film, and then they then this was crowdsourced, uh, financed by fans, and it it briefly played theaters in some major markets, but it's available for digital, and I did enjoy it. I mean, you know, me I did probably did not expect too much because. You know, I knew it was a low, but I knew it was a lower budget. But you know, Emil, the the Emils are pretty good. Uh, Sue Kang from the Fast and Furious plays a cop. Nice to see him in something. Um, and it's just, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I'm not saying it's revolutionary or I want like like three sequels to it, but I enjoyed it enough and I'll probably watch it again. So, yeah. Um, I just couldn't tell if I, I just, um, I just, you know, I guess you just have to accept the premise. Because, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think they're, I don't think they're really, either, if they explain the origins of Fernal and Superpowers, I either, they did it very quickly and I missed it. But yeah, it's, this is a good, this is a good low budget movie. I thought, I thought some of the action sequences were done well. It's under two hours. It moves at a decent pace. It's worth seeing, I think. So those are my thoughts on Code 8.
Well, I thought I was done having thoughts. I thought I expressed everything I, I wanted to about Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker last time. But it did occur to me that I am more than a casual Star Wars fan. I do have a fair amount of audiobooks and novels. And even a couple graphic novels based on Star Wars. So I probably moved beyond the casual fan. And as, you know, more than a casual fan of the thing, I may be a little bit forgiving. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is a bad film. It's not terrible. I've definitely seen worse in theaters. You know, um, a couple years ago, Legend of Hercules was pretty bad. And this that's the kind of bad film, though. Legend of Hercules is the kind of bad film you can just dismiss because it's pretty bad. There, there aren't really many, or there aren't really many good qualities about it. It's just sort of like, it's just sort of like, yeah, that was bad. I had hopes it would be better. It wasn't. I probably will never watch that again. And if anyone ever asks, I'll just say, yeah, it's bad. Move on. So, but, you know, last, uh, Rise of the Skywalker's not that because I, I thought Adam Driver's performance was good. Daisy Ridley, I think, did well. I think the scenes with, her, I th you know, I think she did well with the material she had. It was nice to see Harrison Ford. And Billy D. Williams. I mean, the scene with Ford and Driver is probably the only really, really moving scene of this whole thing. But for all that there's good, there's more that's bad. Um, they are probably the death of Princess Light of Carrie Fisher hurt this film a lot. Um, I th the first film was Ford's film. Second film was Hamill's. Third film, I think, was going to be Fisher's, but then she died before they made it. And the only thing they really had, I think, were unused footage from the previous two movies that they used for here. Maybe they should have recast the role, but I don't know. Uh, that probably would have been awkward for her. That probably would have been awkward Maybe they could have written her out. That she died in between movies. But that probably would have been emotionally unsatisfying. Uh, yeah. They, they, there probably wasn't much they could do. To, uh, there probably wasn't much to be done. They probably did the best they could with that situation. I, um, also, the... Uh, Demoting that actress Kelly Marie Tran, that seems like giving in to the worst impulses, the worst side of the franchise. Uh, she was, she played Rose, the mechanic who goes off on that side quest with Finn in the last movie. And apparently her character was not liked by the, uh, by the fans. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, demoting her character, the character Rose, to a glorified extra does feel like, um, giving in to the worst, the, the worst people in the fan base. 
And so that I don't think they should have done. Like, uh, yeah, that's just. Yeah, that that's kind of sad. Hopefully she'll get better roles and stuff outside of Star Wars in her career. And this will be just like... This will be... And, and this won't be a big deal. In a few years, I'm not saying she'll, can laugh about, she'll ever be able to laugh about it or anything. But hopefully in a few... You know... Hopefully her career will go on. Better stuff. Better... Go on in better new directions, better material, and she'll just if not be able to laugh about it, at least not be able to dwell on it. You know, I mean, be able to not think about it so much that hey, Star Wars was a mixed bag, and but I moved on. Better things happened to me. Maybe that'll happen for. So that's that's kind of what I wish for the actress, and. um yeah, the uh, bringing back the emperor was a bad idea, I think. Or if it, or it was badly executed, this was never the plan. I mean, J.J. Abrams can say whatever he wants to that this was the plan, but J.J. Abrams has a lot. J.J. Abrams has no. J.J. Abrams has already been proven a liar anyway a couple times. Well, that's a little harsh. J.J. has no... J.J. apparently feels no obligation to tell the truth when he's promoting a movie. Because a couple years ago, when Star Trek II was coming out, everyone kind of... A lot of people online and things guessed that um, Benedict Cumberbatch was playing Khan. And J.J. was, no, he's not playing Khan. He's not Khan. He's not Khan. He's a new character. And, you know, the movie comes out and he's con. And then when he's making the first movie, he's... Then at one point he's talking about you don't need a powerful bloodline to be skilled with the Force. That just never really spoke to me as a fan. I don't like that. Well, and this movie comes out. Ray's one of the... She's an heir to one of the two most valu powerful bloodlines in the, in, in the family. And, 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 I mean, not in the two most powerful bloodlines in the franchise. So, yeah, J.J. Abrams, uh, Abrams apparently feels no obligation, Abrams t feels no obligation to be truthful when promoting his films. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not accusing him of, like, trying to conquer the universe or anything. I'm just saying he's he's not particularly honest when promoting a film. Yeah, I didn't... I kind of liked... And this movie basically gives the finger to The Last Jedi. Because I kind of like some of the choices of The Last Jedi. Yeah, it was too long. That side quest was pointless. And I can... But I, I did like... I did like some of the choices in The Last Jedi. I liked the fact that Ray's parents were nobodies. Because I just felt like that was interesting. I just felt that was as interesting. That was as interesting as the fact. As her being heir to, heir to a bloodline could have been. And also would have had the added benefit of not being what we expect. 
I kind of like the fact they killed, uh, they killed Snoke. And that, and that Kavo Ren was going to, you know, be his own, was going to be his own boss. Or, you know, take control himself. But, you know, basically this, uh, this movie just goes away with that. Because, nope, Snoke was, Snoke was a clone manipulated by the Emperor. So Snoke wasn't, so they're still a big bad. And also, bringing back the Emperor kind of diminishes uh, Return of the Jedi. So, yeah, this, this movie's bad. But there, as I said, I still liked a few things about it. So it's not a complete dumpster fire. But there was no plan for this trilogy, really. Either that, or there was a plan, but they gave too much carte blanche to... to they, gave too, they gave Brian Johnson too much freedom. Which is ironic, because they... Because of all, uh, because no one else in this franchise, maybe Johnson and Abrams, but no one else working for Disney seems to have had too much freedom. Because they've been firing directors left, right, and then... <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll probably watch this again, but I don't think I'll... Uh, but watching the whole trilogy together might be kind of odd. Because it's not going to fit. And whatever's coming in 2022... Maybe it's just as well that it's supposed to be um, separate from this. It'll still be a Star Wars movie. You know. It'll still it'll still have bad guys and good guys and be action oriented. So. And probably it'll still have a Jedi because even in the Rogue One where they didn't have a Jedi. They had someone who was force sensitive. So apparent. So I kind of suspect whatever's coming, there's still gonna be Jedi and Sith, and uh, we'll see. You know, we're not getting romantic comedy in the Star Wars universe. We're not getting like, now that the rebellion is over, Kit Cloud Kicker can can concentrate on his love triangle. Or we're not getting Tucker, the man in his dream, in Star Wars. You know, my TIE Fighters are better. I, I, I made some innovation, but the big TIE Fighter industry is out to screw me. Yeah, that's a, probably a little simplistic explanation of Tucker, the man in his dream, but it's not entirely untrue, I think. So we'll see what happens. But yeah... This trilogy is barely better than the Hobbit trilogy. Which, that's not saying a lot. Well, that's it for this episode. I thought I was going to cover three topics, but then I spent more time talking about The Rise of Skywalker than I first planned to, so we'll see. I have some other things I may watch later. On digital that I bought, so hmm. we'll see. I've got actual romantic comedy that might be good. I hope. 
And then, you know, hope maybe before before the end of the year I'll get to Jumanji, the uh, Uncut Gems, and Little Women. At least two of those, I think, before the end of the year. Who knows, maybe three. Maybe all three of them. So, thanks for listening. Subscribe if you want to, or if you had, if you, you know, that'd be nice. But hey, your choice. Um, have a great day and have a great holiday.